What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Tars out of cigarettes. They're taking all of it out. In fact, the other day, I'm standing in a line in the, in the supermarket. And ahead of me is this gnarled-looking lady, see? And she's ahead of me, you know, you know, how many of you have worked on special looks on the face when you're pushing your supermarket cart? You know, you don't want to look too happy. Somehow that means you're in a materialistic slob. Secretly, most of us love to go to supermarkets. Oh, wow, look at all that stuff. I want it all. You know? But so, you know, you don't want to admit this when you walk through the supermarket. You know, once in a while, a little kid will be honest. You know, a real little kid. He doesn't know yet that you've got to be in this world. You've got to be hip. And have you ever seen a little kid ahead of you who magically has developed 74 arms? You know, and he's got nine mouths going. I want to eat! Yes, Flipper drinks it all the time. But so this kid runs through the life that he's in, and he is what he is. Have you ever seen a, the, probably the most epitome of all slob television shows? Have you seen that show that comes on in the middle of the day when they get nine people standing there with a supermarket cart? <laughs> Have you ever seen that show? You wouldn't believe it. It makes the Romans look like kid stuff. Yeah, you ought to see that show. And they have a gun, see, and they get all these couples. They always get young couples, see. They all stand next to their supermarket cart looking, you know, you know that look that contestants have on an Alan Ludden show? You know, like they've had a little too much Novocaine. And they're all from places like Pequa, Ohio. And there they stand, see, and that guy holds a gun. They've got a stopwatch. They say, now, here we go. On your mark, it's time once again for Supermarket Slob Hour. Get set. 
grab all you can grab in just 15 seconds. And the guy that grabs the most wins the big ding-dong grabberoni. Ready? Go! Boom! And they go, ah! And their faces change. Instantly, their eyes get narrow. And they grow steel fangs. And they start grabbing. One guy on the show that I watched had 37 frozen turkeys. I mean, what the hell is he going to do with 37 frozen turkeys? And they all weighed 12 pounds apiece. He and his wife came down that aisle. They looked like a pile of frozen turkeys in an avalanche going downhill. And the crowd applauded. And I sat there, see, and I said, gee, you know, this is a program about sin. Has it occurred to you that not all sins relate to sex? Has it, has it, gang? Well, you know, there's an old sin called greed. That can also be called drive. In some circles, that's called ambition. I mean, that's in the Robert Moses circle. <laughs> in other circles, it's called executive ability. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of ways you can hide these things, see? So the other day, I'm in the supermarket, see, and ahead of me is this lady. And she's, you know, there's always one lady that you always get behind in a supermarket line who wants to pay by check. And it's usually drawn on a Yugoslavian bank. <laughs> and they want to first transmit it, you know, translate it to Drobniks. And there you are, you see, you're in the line that says Express. And you know, here's this, you know, standing behind the, behind the, the cash register with the shades on. Don't you always feel vaguely inferior to this kid? I mean, he looks at your stuff and says, oh, my God, a cocoa drinker. <laughs> I mean, have you ever had the kid that, that, that draws value judgment on what you buy? Like, he turns around and says, hey, Manny, here's another Yoo-Hoo one. How much? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, you know, I, I tell you, you see, the real man comes out. Oh, seriously, though, I'm a great student of the supermarket. And I say that the real person comes out in the area of one of the most basic of all animal drives, food. Oh, yeah, this is where it is, see? Oh, yeah. And the other night, I'm in this village, this, this village deli, you know, the kind that's open all night, see? And they sell, oh, they sell frozen peas, and they sell frozen asparagus, they got a little cheese, and they've got, I guess it's a prop. They've got a shelf with a lot of dusty canned goods. And they appear to be selling a lot of other stuff. Who knows, you know? Bananas. All kinds of strange cigarettes. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, see? And I walk in. And, you know, innocently, I want... You know, it's kind of terrible to walk into a place like that, you see. And you've come in for a, for a quart of milk. So, you know, I, I always... I get a little... I get a little kind of defensive, see? So I go up to the frozen food counter, you know, and there's the milk and stuff. And I pick up the milk. How many of you always pick up the milk and you look at the bottom to see whether it's leaking? <laughs> you pick it up, you see, and you just realize now how they've gotten around that. They've just emptied a quart of milk over all of them, see? <laughs> so it's dripping, you know, all over the place. You put that one down, the next one's dripping more. They say, well, the hell with it, you know? It's going to leak. I'll suck it out of the bottom. <laughs> 
See? Oh, yeah, we all have these little tricks. So I take my quart of milk, and then all of a sudden, see, in the doorway comes five people, the, the type you see in the village all the time at three in the morning, they come floating in in formation. <laughs> you know, they, they drifted all through the supermarket there and didn't touch the ground once. I could hear the bells tingling, you know. And, and they drifted past me. I says, hello, fellas. They drifted over here. Hi. And I walked over to the cash register. Let me, de let me describe the scene. It's, it's 2.30 in the morning. See, and it's rough. I mean, outside you can hear fist fights. And occasionally you hear the sound of a siren wailing, which is the most ubiquitous sound in New York. 24 hours a day in the middle distance, you hear, Woo! and they're bearing another victim away. <laughs> another victim of God knows what. You don't know. You don't even look. And here it is at 2.30 in the morning, I hear the sirens going. And these five guys drift by me with their tight purple pants and their little gold elf shoes. <laughs> the little bells on the toes, you know. Oh, yeah, you know. And they always have magazines with them called Adam. <laughs> you know, there's a magazine called The Guts Way of Life. And so, I, you know, I'm in the middle of all this, and I go up to the cash register with my little quart of milk, and I put it down, and all of a sudden, in the doorway comes this apparition. And this guy is wearing these, these rough-looking, they're all battered and worn. He's got these tight whipcord riding pants, and he's got these high cattle boots. And, you know, they're all cut up. You can see they've been slashed by rattlesnake bites. Now, you can buy them now already slashed by rattlesnake <laughs> Oh, yeah, this guy walks in, he's six feet nine, so he's got big shoulders. And he's wearing an Australian bush hat. You know, the kind that they wear out back. In fact, when I was in Australia, even the Australians are embarrassed to wear them. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you know, it's a great big hat, and it's got, a, it's got a band around it of dead leopard skin. You know, showing he's killed the leopard with his bare hands. This guy's got, and he's got a leather jacket, see, and he's got a, a thick, three-day growth of beard, and he walks in, see. You know, you can hear everything but the 45s clanking at his waist. I look around, see, and he says, my God, at last in the village, I wouldn't have believed it. A real man has come in. He walks past me, and I can smell him as he goes by, you know. It's been a good six days since he's been out in the rain, even. I mean, here's a gamey one, you know, he's got a three-day growth of beard. I mean, you know, he's got, he's got moss growing on his jacket, you know. He walks past, and I say, what's he going to buy? He walks past me, you know, past the frozen food, and he rips open that great big, you know, they have this big refrigerator thing hanging on the wall, you know, and they've got this big four-gallon bottle of beer. they got beer. they got ale. This guy rips it open. So he's got the big hat, the bull whip hanging down, and he reaches in, pushes the bottles aside. Now look at And those six other little guys with their elf shoes. They're floating around him, you know. And he rips those bottles apart. And he reaches in. He turns around with his eyes blazing. And there in his hand is a big cold bottle of strawberry yoo-hoo. <laughs> I mean, friends, real yoo-hoo is real yoo-hoo is for kids. 
I mean strawberry yoo-yoo. <laughs> Believe it or not, friends, it's for kids that can't make the chocolate yoo-hoo scene. <laughs> and he's working his way up. And so I'm standing in my supermarket the other day, and this tall, thin lady, see? And she's emaciated. She's got sunken cheeks. She looks like one of those ladies out of those late, late movies. You know, the kind of part that Gail Sundergaard always played. You know, with the evil, she lives in, a, in, in one of those English manor houses. You know, high on the hill, where the wind eternally blows in over the moors. And you can hear the sound of evil mastiffs out in the darkness, created by Sir Conan Doyle. Yeah, you hear the sound of, of dogs going, Ooh. You know the kind of movie that opens up that looks like it's shot underwater? And it comes on just before the Mr. You know that, that, that commercial that has Mr. Clean on it? Late at night. And after that, the Preparation H commercial comes on. <laughs> you know? And you know one of the things I love to do when I watch Late Late Movie is about 3 o'clock in the morning, I always wait for the news. You know, they come on and go, ta ta ti 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 They say, Channel 28 News. And they, they, they flash a picture of New York on it. And you hear the guy starting to give the news. And I'd say at least three times out of five, he's drunk. <laughs> I love to hear a drunken announcer give the news at four o'clock in the morning, just before the transcribed prayer comes on. <laughs> you get such a great juxtaposition of evils, you know? You know, speaking of transcribed prayers, how many of you are fans of those various transcribed reverence? You know, it goes da, 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 di, and it's got a terrible wow on it. Nothing is sadder than to hear bringing in the sheaves at four morning being played on a very bad soundtrack. You know, da, di, di, and then he comes on and he starts to talk. And you can see he's reading an idiot sheet. If there's anything that's demoralizing, it's seeing a reverend blessing me on a transcribed prayer at two o'clock in the morning, and he's reading it from a cue sheet. You see his eyes going. And he's giving you the 23rd Psalm, and obviously he doesn't remember it. I keep watching his eyes, see? And then, 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 if you have the kind of mind that I have, you know, you wait till the last instant, and he goes off, and then my mind says, I wonder, you know, I wonder whether God gives any kind of rerun. I mean, does, does a prayer that's transcribed and is being played for the 34th time count as much as the first time it's given? Or does this just come up in heaven and it's marked scale? You know, I don't know, you know. And so here's that tall, skinny lady. You never thought I'd get back to it, huh? Oh, I'm a pro, you know. Here's that, that tall, skinny lady, and she's in the Gristini, see? And I see what she's got. How many of you spend your time in the supermarket looking at other people's stuff? <laughs> yeah, this guy's got nine bottles of martini mix. <laughs> Nine bottles of martini mix and a small bottle of vitamins. <laughs> you can imagine this guy's home life, you know. You can just see the place he lives, you know, the crud up to your knees. 
There's a dead dog somewhere. Got in you know, and, and three years ago, he turned his TV set on and forgot burned up, and it's just laying there. You know, that kind of stuff. And I, I'm behind this lady, see, and I look over at her, you know, her little pile of, of, her little pile of beyonds for today, her victuals. And she's got a little loaf of high-protein, no-taste bread. It says, health. In fact, whenever I talk to anybody about Playboy magazine, women keep saying, I don't understand why they have that, that center fold down. I have never yet heard one man say that. <laughs> Not once. <laughs> it never seems to elude the men. By the way, wouldn't it be fascinating if Vogue had a center fold out? <laughs> if you wondered which way it would go? <laughs> oh, you got it. <laughs> Can't you see it open up and here's this tall girl with big whipcord pants, you know? <laughs> Call me Bobby. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'd just love to see, you know, if, 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 if Vogue decided to go all the way and come out with a centerfold out, you know, and every month there's a new one, see? And the chicks grab the magazine, you know, it comes out the 15th of the month, they shake it, and out he comes! Ah! Here he stands, you know, his shirt is ripped open, his hair is sticking out, you know? And he's wearing this, this, this bikini made out of leopard skin. And underneath it, it says, your playmate for this month. <laughs> yeah, there he is, big red apple rot. His hobby is dirty books. <laughs> Have you ever noticed what they say, by the way, under the girls in Playboy? You ever read the captions? Nobody ever talks about that. Yeah, they always show this chick, see? And she's fantastic. I mean, she really is fantastic. You have a feeling that somewhere she's got four valve stamps. <laughs> now think about that for a while. You know, she is, and, and they always show her, and she's looking out of the showers. Yeah, and whoa, fantastic. She's like about, I'd say, roughly 45 beach balls going downhill. She's peering out. And you know, wow, you, know, you see, what kind of a home life does she live? You can see the water coming down, you know, wow. And underneath it, it says, Miss Sember, Barbie, Barbie. They always have names like Barbie, Jackie, Nikki. They never have anybody named Arlene Applerot. <laughs> you know, it says, Barbie, Barbie. Barbie's favorite reading material is Schopenhauer and Kant. <laughs> Have any of you ever read old Schopi? <laughs> oh, he's a gas, I'll tell you. Especially the illustrated editions, you know, with the woodcuts, you know. Oh, yes, yeah, Schopenhauer and Kant, and underneath it it says, she also enjoys fine music and leans towards Vivaldi. <laughs> Vivaldi. And then it says she is a student and taking her master's at NYU. She's got it all. I mean, you know, she reads Schopenhauer and Kant. And, you know, and she listens to Vivaldi, and she's still got those four bell stamps. <laughs> then underneath it, the last line, it says she is majoring in slum clearance. 
and you wonder just how she's going to clear the slums. (laughs) And and this is a typical caption underneath, you know, of of the Playboy bunny type girl, see, which always shows probably more completely than anything that you can find in today's contemporary literature. The difference between the dream and reality. Oh, yeah. I know many a guy who reads Playboy every month. Every month he waits, the 15th of the month, see. And it comes in the mail. The word has arrived from the house. The house, you know, occupies the same position as uh, Mount Olympus does in another earlier religion. Maybe Mount Ararat. And every month, Hefner comes down out of the mountain (laughs) with lightning playing around his head. And for only 60 cents, you can buy these tablets. He comes down, you know, and he hands it out. And every month, there are millions of guys out there in the darkness right now listening who can hardly wait, fellas. It's only going to be another 26 days. And then she'll come. She'll be there. And they take it, see, and they shake it. The instant it comes, they... Snap! She's popping that elastic band. Well, now, I must give you a little flashback. Our principal of our school was a lady named Miss Norton. Miss Norton was made out of pure carborundum. She was a tall, thin, maiden lady who had steel-gray hair. She had steel-gray glasses. She wore a steel-gray sensible suit. I mean, always. She wore that suit every day in school, and she wore space shoes. I always say, watch out for a vegetarian who wears space shoes. You know the kind of shoes, you know, that look like Frankenstein shoes? And, and, and here is Miss Norton, you know, year after year, she has been presiding over our world in her grace, in her gray shoot. Well, outside, right now, taking off a plaid, tartan plaid skirt is little May. The crowd is cheering. And, you know, we're excited because there's only a minute and a half left of the recess. I mean, this chick was a born showman, you know. She was playing us for all we were worth, you know, and out there in the distance we could hear, America. <laughs> How symbolic. The beautiful we see these And little May takes that, she takes that elastic band and she goes, Katoing. And then she stands stock still in the crowd. And her hair is floating. Floating like this golden nimbus around her. What a vision. Little Kathy is standing behind her, holding the blouse, and she's got the skirt. And Schwartz is now down on his knees. I mean, and I'll tell you, my Twinkie, I mean, out of pure excitement, have you ever had an excitement stomach? Well, my stomach was flipping up so much that my Twinkie was making a return engagement. You know, he was coming up for seconds, see? (laughs) Holy smokes, it's actually happening, what we always dreamed of. 
me and Schwartz Owner, once in a while one of us would draw, you know, what we thought a girl was like on the back, maybe on the back fence, back of Mrs. Mattingly's house. But here was the real thing. And she's standing there with her slip. And it's getting colder. And you can hear, you can hear the American flag. You know how they have this big metal flagpole? And it's got this, this rope that goes up the side of it. And the wind is hitting it and it's going thawing, thawing. And May is using that for the beat. Thawing, thawing. And she flipped like that. May Wilson. And down in a cloud of silken rayon goes her Sears Roebuck slip. Just whoo. And there she is. All she's left in are these little pink things that went down to her knees. You know, these little pink things, and they had little, little round rubber things where you hook the garters on. The whole crowd is waiting. And Schwartz has got this Mickey Mouse watch. I mean, we've got about 10 seconds left to go. And she takes the elastic band of those little panties. She goes, kabong. And her little stomach goes, kaboom. Oh, smokes. Oh, 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 boy. And then all of a sudden, just as we are about to hit pay dirt, the door of the school slams open. And there, standing on the steps, is Miss Norton. And she looks down, and there's May with her hair floating. And here's the crowd. They have just finished a giant chant of, Take it off! And she says, How many times have you heard this in school? What's going on here? It wasn't what was going on. And instantly, Miss... Norton saw that it was what was coming off that was happening. And she looked out, and little May, you know, her eyes gleaming, without a word, what tact, what poise. She takes her little slip, pulls it up, puts her little blouse on. The entire, the entire lower grades had been caught in sin. You know, watching is as much a sin as taking off. We stood there. And May, boy, with that look, she puts on her slip and puts on her skirt. And Miss Norton just stood and looked. Her iron gray hair with the wind blowing through it. You can hear it picking up that tortoise comb. You can hear a high C flat note. And back in the distance, they are finishing the last, the last few phrases. America, the beautiful. And then the bell went, ah! And all of us lined up, and then we came. Very innocent. We sat down, and up in front of the class was Miss Shields, our teacher, who every day during recess sat and ate celery. <laughs> She never went out. She would sit and eat celery with a little, little salt shaker. And she always, she had, by the way, she had this set of dentures. Have you ever had a second grade teacher who ate celery with dentures going? I mean, somehow it's all part of the educational scene. 
And Miss Shields looks down at us, you know, innocently. She didn't know what happened. And we all sat down, we looked. And you know, it was, it was snowing out now. And something must have rung a bell in her head. Why is the entire second grade sweating? <laughs> and she looks down and she says, Well, did you have fun at recess? <laughs> you know, wow, instantly the whole class, yeah. <laughs> and then the telephone rang. You know, we had this little telephone in the corner of the room, and it goes, think, think. And Miss Shields goes over and picks it up. And she says, yes. May? Little May Wilson? She did what? And here's May sitting in the back. She's got her glasses on again. And she has withdrawn to her original status. She's no longer with us. Helen Weathers is sitting in front there, burping a little bit. And she says, May did what? She did. There we sat. 36 little debauched sinners. In second grade, surrounded by our pumpkins. And she looked down and sat at her desk. You know, teachers have these desks for a long moment. And then she said, well... As you know, every day after recess in the afternoon, before we take our nap, we read Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. And in spite of what happened today, I'm going to read Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. See, she was trying to pretend that we were still interested in the camel with the wrinkled knees. <laughs> There's certain type of people that in spite of what they see in front of their face, have to pretend that it ain't happening. And so she got up there with her little book and she says, as you all remember, Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy were about to visit the balloon fairies. Raggedy said, and we should have a lot of fun today. Children, don't you think they will have fun with the balloon fairies? <laughs> We're all leaning forward. She says, aren't you curious as to what Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy did when they had their picnic? <laughs> we were always waiting for Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy to get to that point. But they never did. And so Miss Shields read Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. And we went on into the nap time. And after that, we had arithmetic. And then we went home. But the next day came the payoff. <laughs>